we've been talking about all I want for Christmas, and, and like my wife said, it's coming fast and uh, sometimes rather hectic. Um, have you ran into any really happy shoppers? <laughs> you have somebody, no, I have not seen any happy shoppers. Sometimes it's nice. Sometimes you can be the happy shopper, you know, and you can spread a little joy. Um, uh, sometimes you see people that are just mad. Uh, and you just, you know, hi, it's going to get better. Oh, shut up. Okay, well, we'll just keep doing all, you know, whatever you can do. But we've been talking about all I want for Christmas. And we started messing up with the traditional nativity scene. We, we talked about the ages of Mary and Joseph. And uh, today I want to talk about what I want for Christmas is to laugh. So this is right down kind of my alley in a little sense of the word. But uh, we, we, there's not enough laughter in the world today. There's not enough people just enjoying life. We're, we get so consumed by maybe the holiday or the commercialization of everything or just the pressure to, oh, no, not another exchange gift or whatever the case is. And many of us are not saying this. I don't think a lot of us are saying, although that would be nice, but we're really not saying I want a Lexus. All I want for Christmas is a Porsche. You know, I, I don't know anybody that's saying that. I mean, if we were asking, uh, you know, that if, if that was available, you know, that'd be like being on The Price is Right with Bob Barker or something. You want a new car? Sure. But uh, we're not asking that. What we really are wanting is things that really would just help us to laugh, to enjoy life, to not feel all of the pressure. I want peace. I want to survive. We want influence. We want to be able to just, you know, be able to speak into our children's lives and our and our friends and our family and tell everybody as many as we can about God. We want to know our purpose. We talked about that last week. So many times we see so many people that are hurting, uh, maybe hiding behind uh, the tinsel and the lights and the holiday fanfare. So I want to talk about laughing. I want to talk about just loving life to the fullest and enjoying our journey through it. If you have your Bible, you want to look at Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 8 through 10. And uh, we'll continue with our story just a little bit. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I want to enjoy life. I want to, to, when I, you know, finally go and be with Jesus, I want to live as long as I can. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'd like to go in the rapture. If not, I'm going to live way past 120. That's what I'm saying. Speaking that right now. But uh, <laughs> I want to laugh. I want to enjoy my life. I want to be happy. And I believe God wants us all to be happy. And so many times on the way to going somewhere, we don't enjoy the journey. You know, sometimes we're, you know, we were heading on vacation and, and, you know, there have been times where uh, my kids, I, I love them, but they're, I don't want to, I don't want to eat at this restaurant. Let me just get this straight. You're on vacation. I'm paying for it. They have a bazillion things on the menu. Pick something, be happy. <laughs> or don't eat. You can watch us eat, but that's not going to be very happy. So, you know, I want to enjoy that. We live in the best nation in the world. We are free. We can worship where we want. It's, it's an amazing country. And so many people are miserable. Now, and if you don't believe me, go to Walmart. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I've been to Walmart before on a, on a Black Friday where they have all those specials. People are buying stuff for Christmas. Oh, happy days are here again. If you didn't get what was in the aisle and people are waiting to, to get something, I watched a, a, now this is a grown man, steal something out of somebody's cart while they were looking at something else and just take off. And the lady turns around and goes, what happened to my portable DVD player? I said, he went that way. I mean, just stuff like that. And you're like, really? Part of me wants to go, should I, you know, should I be Bond? James Bond? Should I tackle him? And a local pastor tackles man in Walmart, film at 11. I don't know. Go to McDonald's. There are people cussing out people at McDonald's who make $2 a day. And they're cussing them out because they put pickles on their hamburger that they didn't want pickles on it. You rustle, frustle, rustle, And they, I mean, they're just, they're sorry they, did, they made a mistake. Can I say something? Take your hamburger, take the pickles off yourself and be happy. Because if you give them that back, you're not going to want it when it comes back to you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we all have issues. You know, sometimes people just leave the house with issues. They're mad and they're already mad and they've got a chip on their shoulder. And then if the cashier or the sales clerk or somebody snaps back at them, they'll turn to their friend and say, did you see how they treated me? Why? And the person will say, you know, you came in like that when you got here. Because we, we sometimes we just carry that stuff with us. And the enemy just loves that. But God says he's got better plans for us. There's, there's stuff that happens in life. We all can get frustrated. We all have issues, but not everybody is mad at the world. Not everybody. Two totally different people as far as outlook goes. They can go through the same trial. One so mad and upset, the other can be peaceful and doesn't seem to even phase them. They can laugh at it. You know why? Because the struggle, they have understood this the struggle is really in in the heart it's in their perspective and how they view that now this is christmas they're talking about whoville back in the back so i had to mention this remember the grinch the grinch's heart was what two sizes two yeah he's been to walmart you can find him there but things in our culture let me just say this things in our culture will shrink your heart People with those kind of perspectives that are just mad at the world. If you let that get on you, it will shrink your heart. Now, maybe not physically, but you become dull to compassion. You become less joyful. You just become numb to things that are happening. The Bible says above all else. Turn to your neighbor and say above all else. That's pretty important. If the Bible says above all else, that's a pretty important statement. Above all else, you need to guard your what? Your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. Paul told Timothy to watch out for things that will block your heart. Because it will destroy your relationships. It will take your joy. It will zap your strength. You won't be able to laugh because it won't be funny to you because life is miserable. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 3. I know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents unthankful unholy unloving unforgiving slanderers without self-control brutal despisers of good 
We're going to take those four uns, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Four uns. Remember the, I grew up, remember this, <laughs> the uncola. Remember that commercial? Okay, back to the message. I just wanted to know if you remembered it. I just remember that big guy, <laughs> the uncola. Seven up was just like really cool because of that guy. I don't know why. <laughs> but anyway, what blocks our heart? What keeps us from having the ability to laugh and love life? You might not be going through uh, a lot of stuff. Maybe you're going through a lot of stuff, but wouldn't it be better to at least enjoy the journey a little bit? To at least, you know, maybe, I, maybe I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Come on, somebody. I'm on my way somewhere. God is helping me. And I'm learning how to walk with him. If I'm going to lo- laugh and enjoy life, here's my first point. I must not be ungrateful, which is, it's unthankful, but ungrateful. It seems the natural tendency in the culture today seems to be highlighted at Christmas time. Ungrateful. Millions of dollars are spent just to convince you that you must have this new item. You must have this. New, you know, that's why the toy people make all the toy commercials, because you must have that. You, the, your kid will see the commercial and go, I must have it. I want a Polly Pocket. I want an Easy Bake Oven. I want a Betty Crocker. It sounds like Arnold with a bad voice. <laughs> you must have this toy. You must have this car. You must have this ring. Oh, he went to Jared. You must have this type of clothes. You must have this new cell phone. This is stupid. You don't have to have it. They want to appeal to what, I mean, everybody wants something nice. And I'm not saying you can't have nice things. I'm just saying they are marketing things just so that you feel ungrateful if you don't get it. Look at TVs. I'm going to talk kind of to the guys for a second. Having just alone, let's just be honest. Having a television is an extreme luxury here in America. We don't even think about it anymore. I remember, I don't know if you remember, I remember when we didn't have TVs like we have today. How many remember that? Okay, remember when it first went to color? Remember when cable wasn't around? Remember when we all watched the the same thing in America, Eastern Standard, you know, whatever, but it was only on once a year. And you got to see it, and everybody watched it. That was popcorn night or pizza night, and I got to split a pop with my sis. We never got our own pops. We had to split one. I remember those kind of things. But now, (laughs) they display TVs at Walmart, and they're huge. And there's nothing wrong with having a big TV. So, guys, you're off the hook. I'm not against a big TV. I have a big TV, but, I mean, like, they have them that are as big as this window and bigger, and they're, like, this thick. And their plasma screens or their LCD or LED or I'm not going to keep spelling because I'll get myself in trouble. But they're big. They're big. And they just put them there and they just cry out to men that walk by because they put sports on them. Buy me. You need me. You must have me. If you don't have me, you're not cool. You need me. You need to watch Cleveland beat Seahawks today. You need me. Look, Andy just checked out. Well, I'm not. You what? I'm I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Well, my point is sometimes we just forget how good we got it. We forget. Well, we live in a great nation. We live in a great country to have. I I mean, 
it was amazing. I remember when I finally, I had a TV in my room. I remember just getting a stare in my room, and I thought, oh. Now, I mean, you know, everything. We have games. We have all kinds of stuff. See, we start focusing on what we don't have instead of what we do have, and then we begin to feel ungrateful. I went over to Jimmy's house, and they have this. Okay, well, okay, great. Praise God for Jimmy. We would take our kids, and I love my children. We, we had a van that was, was awesome. We had it for over 10 years. And I mean, we would haul our kids everywhere. We went to Disney World several times. My mom and dad worked at Disney World, so they were able to bless us with tickets, and we just loved that. Now, get this. We are on our way to Disney World. Disney World in a luxury van, reclining seats that eventually broke and didn't recline, but... Reclining seats, pull down TVs, pull down TVs, putting movie in, watching TV. Kids would be, I don't want to watch this movie. (laughs) Disney World, TVs, on a trip, food. We're like waiting on them. Hello there, my dear. What can I get for you today? I mean... This is my life. Ford Falcon crammed in the back seat. Grandma in the middle. No TV. No, no food unless mom was pulling back bags of unopened chips or something. We would stop with my children at Cracker Barrel. I'm saying. Cracker Barrel. You, you know, down home cooking with stuff hanging all, all over the place. We didn't stop it. We didn't even go to McDonald's. You know what our McDonald's was? Roadside rest, cold bologna sandwiches, PB&J, open bag of stale chips. Get this, you'll remember, Fago Pop. Talk to me, baby. Fago Pop. Fago Pop is like somebody threw some water in it, put some fizz, and threw some food coloring in there. A little squirt of something. Here, now this is cherry chocolate chip ice cream pop. Oh, great, I want it. Yeah. We didn't have all the stuff. Yes. <laughs> Bill's over here, struggle is real. And, you know, and my dad, I talked to him this morning, he called me on my Sunday morning preaching call, and I was telling him about some of this, and he started laughing on the phone. And he said, that's right. He said, my mom would sit back there and steal you guys' pop. I said, that's why to this day I don't drink much root beer. Because Grandma, I love her. She drank root, she liked root beer. And if you got root beer... And mom had opened chips. We called them gumpies. <laughs> yeah, my life as a kid, you're liking that now, aren't you? <laughs> I found out, you know, I'd turn around. If I doze off or I'm looking at something, grandma would grab my root beer, take a drink, and look back and go, that's not good. <laughs> but we had, <laughs> we played stuff that, that our kids didn't play. Like I t- we taught my kids, I called a game called Roadkill Roundup. And uh, we'd just go on the road, and if we saw a, never mind, anyway, they were good at it. But when I was growing up, we played, what, the ABC game, I Spy. I mean, we didn't have little Game Boys in our hand to sit back there. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have anything. We actually talked with each other, or yelled at each other, or (laughs) slapped each other, whatever came around. But now you can watch movies on your telephone. On your telephone! You can watch Superman on your telephone. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Uh, 
we would we'd pray that my dad would just somehow know that we had to go to the bathroom because if we told him more than a couple times, you know, if you're in the driver's seat, he can't really reach you. If you're behind him, I'd always try to sit behind my dad. But, uh, you know, we just pray because we had to learn to hold it. It became an art form. <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to start thinking, because my mom just thought she could just tell you something and it'd make it go away. Just don't think of running water, honey. Think of something else. Thanks, Mom, that helps a lot. If you're cold, think about being on a warm beach. Thank you. But uh, anyway, <laughs> here comes point number two. See, we're going someplace. <laughs> if you're going to laugh and enjoy life, we must not be unholy. And let's just face it, everybody makes mistakes. I don't care who you are. Doesn't matter if you're the pastor, doesn't matter who you are, everybody makes mistakes. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God will clean us up and he won't leave a stain. He's the original kaboom or oxyclean. He'll take good care of you. He'll take all that stuff away. My point is this, we are all sinners saved by grace. We all need the blood of Jesus. We all need Jesus. There's only one way to the Father, and that's Jesus Christ. The difference with some of us is that as soon as some of us do something wrong and we know it, we get convicted of it, we confess it right away, give it to God. God washes us clean right away, and that's done. We take care of it, and we, we get past that. The guilt, the shame is gone. There's others that, and I've been on both sides of this, that have just said, no, 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 and we hold it, and we hide it, and then, then all that comes on you. How many know what I'm talking about? And, and, it, and we have to just kind of push ourselves forward. Sin will shrink your heart. I don't want to be like the Grinch. Sin will make you miserable. It'll cost you your laugh. It'll cost you your joy, your fun for living. And I don't want to live unholy. I want to be as best as I can be for God. Our point number three this morning is if we're going to laugh and enjoy life, we must not be unloving. In our culture has done an incredible job through the media that we watch for dehumanizing people. So I spent some time thinking about this a little bit. Again, I'm back at Walmart with you. (laughs) If you don't believe me, just go there now. I mean, before Christmas, before the holiday, and see if you don't yell at cars. Now, listen to what I'm saying. And, you know, this is what you'll say. Where'd you learn to drive? Move it or milk it, baby. Come on, I'm, I was here first. You didn't see my blinker? Really? That's how you do it? Oh. Or people that will put the cart right where you need to park and get in their car and you're going. And there could be a cart. Yes. Right over there. And you just want to go, oh, Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. We get frustrated waiting in line if there's a problem with the person in front of you. Have you been like me and go to the express line? 15 items or less. Sometimes you'll see people with like 50 items in the express line. Maybe they called them over. I don't know. Other times, I don't think they should call it the express line. I think they should call it the slow motion line. You go in there because it's express. That's why we go through drive throughs If I wanted to come in, I would have. But I don't. Give me my food. An express line, I just want it to be express. I want it to be fast. And my, my kids, because I'll be witnessing to people about Jesus. I'm in the express line. They'll be like, come on. come on. Hey, so where do you go to church? I want to talk about church, Dad. I want to go. 
But we get in those kind of things and those kind of predicaments. And then, you know, we, in our minds, we think, I got stuff to do, places to go, people to see, presents to wrap. I still got to buy. I got to get stocking stuffers. Hurry up. We get aggravated because we're not connected with the humanity of the person that we're aggravated at. Somebody does something or something's going wrong for them. We forget that it could be us. When it's us, we want everybody to be understanding. Hey, I, I'm sorry. The, the girl made a mistake. It's a, it's a $20 mistake. She's got to fix it. When it's somebody else, we're like, really? Could you just take it somewhere else? You see what I'm saying? We dehumanize folks. What if it was you in the car and people are yelling at you? Now, I, I got this firsthand just a few years back. I did something really stupid. Go figure. I did, you know. I got out of the van at Walmart to let my wife out because the weather was bad. Locked the van after she got out and I couldn't get back in. She didn't have her key. I'm right in front of Walmart. The van is running and it's locked. And I got people going, hey, you big idiot, move your car. And I'm wanting to go, oh, come, 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 come. I mean, but I mean, I can't get in. I don't know what to do. I don't have a key. She doesn't have her key. We can't get, had to call a friend who bought the van from. He had to call a company, get a key made, send some. I mean, it was just so much fun. Like an hour and 20 minutes later, I don't know. People were just like, who's the moron left? The, you know, you can hear people because they don't know it's you. Who's the moron left the van? <laughs> that, would, that would be me. Of course, I'm not going to tell them that. I don't know. Boy, if I find them. <laughs> if you put yourself in that situation you might have a little more compassion maybe it, what if it was your grandma in the car would you yell at your grandma would you want somebody else to yell at your grandma see what i'm saying we dehumanize people because we're in a place where we're just so used to not loving others we don't put ourselves in that same position have you ever been part of pay it forward you ever been somewhere and somebody said hey the person in front of you already took care of this that's pretty awesome. And then you can take care of the person behind. Of course, I know it's going through your mind. What if the person behind ordered like 1,700 cheeseburgers? I mean, the guy in front of me got a coffee. You know, I mean, it's, you, then you can still pay it forward. You can still say, listen, I want $10 to go towards that bill. You know, and I, we don't think of that. We just think, oh, we think of pressure. But just start asking, God, what do you want me to do? Could I be generous on every occasion? Could I, could I help with that? If we're going to laugh and enjoy life, we got to do that. We got to start saying, Lord, let me enjoy the journey. Here's number four. The last un that Paul uh, talks about is unforgiving. Carrying bitterness around in our hearts, not letting people off the hook. Everybody in this place has probably been wronged at one time or another. Or you've wronged somebody at one time or another and you need their forgiveness. And, um, you know, you have God's. I mean, you'd like their forgiveness. Let me just put it that way. Um, and a lot of times we think we're hurting the person. It, well, I'm not speaking to them because, you know what, I'm... And we're really not. We're hurting ourselves. It is causing our heart to shrink. And it's consuming us. And we don't need that. You don't need that this time of year. Your heart would grow and you would enjoy your life so much more if you would, as they would say in Frozen, let it go. Sorry. It was just too easy. <laughs> but we really do. We need to let it go. Now, I'm not saying you should jump, jump back into a situation that's not healthy, unhealthy relationships. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying you need to use wisdom. But in some situations, I think you can just agree to disagree. If you can't come to a compromise or a conclusion, just respect each other and say, we have different opinions, but I love you. You know what? We're family or we're friends. We don't have to agree. I love you. And, and just move on. Life is too short to keep the pain. 
It is just too short to keep the pain. Jesus forgave you and me, and we did it up royal. Did we not? Have you ever made mistakes, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And God said, I forgive that. We, we have to do the same. Because that'll, that'll hinder your walk. It really will. Forgiveness is a big deal with God. While we freely receive the grace of God, we begrudgingly extend it to those that offended us, or worse yet, we don't even extend it at all. You're going to be around some family that maybe you're just upset with. I understand that. That stuff happens with us as well. But let's just love. Let's just do our best to love. I, I, I got work to do on that. You probably got work to do on that. The Bible says that in that situation, if we won't do that, the truth is not in us. And that we are lying to ourselves. I can't live my life that way. Jesus said, as we freely receive, freely give. I want you to open your heart again. And again, I'm not saying be in an unhealthy relationship. I'm just saying you got to take the wisdom God gave you, move forward. But you got to love anyway, no matter which way you go. All right, so use wisdom. Apply what God says. So I brought something just, just to help you prove this point. How many knows it's a battle? Is it? Battle it is. When you must. What I'm telling you is there is a... Uh, <laughs> don't wave that around me um there there is a there's a good and a bad i know this is star wars weekend so i just was trying to make it you know just telling you so um all i'm saying is you're gonna have to fight you can't do this by just sitting complacent you can't just expect god just to hmm. you know let me just say that cookies don't bake themselves you got to put the ingredients in okay you got to get this stuff mixed up and and then and then life is kind of the oven that's where we can rise or fall. And so let's, let's do this thing God's way. Let's start putting what we need. I've got to put this up or I'll be dangerous. <clears throat> I gave it to the wrong person. <laughs> okay. You see, the enemy is after the word that's sown in your life. He's after that for your life. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes uh, except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that may have, they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Christmas is about Jesus bringing life. I'm going to give you now, and I, I know it's 9.58. I'm just saying, I'm having so much fun. Can you give me like five more minutes? We got, I got really four quick steps that are help you live your life so you can laugh again. Can I do that for you? Okay. You can put these on your fridge. You can put these on the mirror. Um, you know, you can slap your neighbor with these, and you'll have some good, well, don't do that. Um, give your neighbor a high five, though, and say, deck those halls. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Our first key is just to stop worrying. If you're going to have any level of joy in your life, you're going to need to stop worrying. Matthew six twenty seven. Which of you by worrying could add one cubit to his stature? Have you, have you changed anything by worrying about a problem? You have not. Um, you know, you're not going to say, wow, I found out when I got really stressed and worried about this and had a nervous breakdown, it worked out well for me. Or if we think, if we worry more, God's going to add, hey, boy, get 15 more minutes on bread. He really, I've not seen worry like that in years. Give him 15 more minutes today. God doesn't do that. So uh, if we are worrying, it's an indicator that our faith tank is low. If we're going to consume ourselves with worry. 
Uh, so we'll spend emotional energy on stuff that we cannot change, and we have nothing left to give on the things that we can. And again, the enemy wants to come steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, cast your cares on me. He can handle it. You know, casting is a choice. If I'm a fisherman and I'm going to cast, I am choosing, I'm going to throw my line over this way. I'm casting. That's what we have to do. I can't take care of this. I'm casting that on you. I'm throwing that over to you. I can't deal with this anymore. I cast it to you. That's what Jesus is saying. You give it to me, I got this. Number two is start praying. The way to stop worrying is refocus and begin to pray about it instead of worry about it. And begin to declare. Now listen to me. Declare the end result that you desire. Uh, Did you hear that? We're not just going to pray. Oh, Lord, I pray your will. Well, his will is already stated in his book. He's not keeping it a secret. So, you know, if you're sick, he wants you well. That's his will. So instead of saying, oh, God, please heal me, thank him for healing you. Declare it and pray about and praise him in that. Does that make sense? Get the end result. Okay, so start praying. Uh, He already heard your request, so just begin to do that. The Bible says in this presence, there's fullness of joy. I like to laugh. It helps me. Um, The Bible says it's like medicine. Some people think this. The more painful it is, the more holy points we get. (laughs) If you're going through more stuff, that must be good. I must be getting bigger in heaven. I won't go to that church. Do you? We like to laugh here at TLC. So if you're looking for a place where you can have fun and learn about God, you just found it. So we are believing God to change your life in such a way that you can love life on your journey. And when it comes to Jesus, the people that hated him followed him because he, he said truth. Everything that he said, there was like something about him. They wanted to find out exactly what he was going to do because they believed well, at least what he did, it was going to happen. Here's number three. Keep thanking. Develop a discipline of thanking. We don't say thank you enough. And it's not that hard. I'd be surprised how many people don't say thank you. Be thankful about what you have and, and not to focus on what you, what you want, especially this time of year. If you didn't get the present that you forever wanted, oh, I want it, I want it, I want it, I do, I do, I do, I do, and you don't get that, be thankful. It's okay. I mean, you're, you're going to live. It's going to be all right because it's not about the present. God will bring what you want and what you need, and he'll do it at the right time. Say amen to that. You don't have to worry about that. Because we're not, our lives are not in the hands of other people. Our lives are in the hands of God. And we commit our lives to him. Be thankful. Number four. And this is our last one today. Experience the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You see, if we focus on Christ, we focus on Jesus, then we have peace. Not religion, my friends, but a relationship. The package deal comes with him. Peace. I need more of that. When I have Jesus, I have peace. He's not worried. He can be in the middle of a storm and go to sleep. He's Jesus, and so can you. You see, we think we can't do that. Jesus said, everything I've done, you can do, and even greater. And the problem that we have is because we don't conceive or perceive ourselves of being that kind of person, we don't handle ourselves that way. You know, they did a study where they put kids in suits and little girls in frilly dresses, and then they put other kids in just regular play clothes. The kids in the suits and the frilly dresses were like. And the kids in the play clothes were throwing dirt and sand. And, but they changed how they were, the kids that were dressed. The little girls spun around. What I'm telling you is when they changed their clothes, their perception of how they responded was different. What if we changed 
not just what I'm not talking about just what we wear on the outside. What if we changed on the inside? What if we had our heart that was shrinking? If we were kind of said like the Grinch, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to let my heart grow. I'm going to have compassion. I'm going to bring Christmas cheer. I'm going to be thankful for what I have. Be amazing. Luke 2, 13 and 14, and we'll finish this up. Suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. It isn't saying the earth's going to be filled with peace. He's referring to the people of God. He's talking about the people. That's what happens. Did you know you guys can change atmosphere? Did you know that? The people that can say, you know what, it doesn't matter if it's raining, I can look at it as, oh, man, this is raining. It's terrible. My daughter can say, I love the rain. And she can have a totally different view of the rain. A farmer will say, I love the rain. It's, it's watering my crops. Somebody else will be like, oh, man, I was going to play outside. But there'll be another day. Perception. The miracle of Christmas is that God brings his peace and he brings it to you. I believe that this Christmas, God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to laugh again. He wants you to love again. And he wants you to live again. Would you bow your heads, please?